here we are. Welcome to another episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. I am Lisa Ann, and I am proud to be part of the SiriusXM podcast family. I'm also proud to be in your ear right now. I'm so thankful for all of you that listen. Got a lot of commentary last week. So Chris, my producer, who chimes in and also assists with the mailbag. A lot of commentary about me planning my death, Chris. Yeah, that kind of came out of the blue a little bit. I wasn't expecting that was the direction that we were going to head when we started recording the monologue. But man, a lot of people seemed to respond to it. It was it was fantastic. A great way to start the episode for sure. And also, you know, there's a lot of people in my life who are in planning uh, for people and they talk about how many people don't do this and if somebody could just make it a more fun conversation. And then over the weekend, a very good friend of mine who listens to this podcast from Houston He had a family friend pass away who knew his dad really well. And this family friend worked for the Dallas Cowboys and had three Super Bowl rings. And he defined in his will which one of his friends would get these Super Bowl rings. This is why you want to have a will because your, your cherished things that you're passing down as such a great thought. You thought about somebody in your passing and that you wanted to say thank you to them about your friendship, about your connection. Like, that's the beauty of doing this. As morbid as it may sound, we plan birthday parties. We plan uh, very deadly, those baby, uh, what brand? What, Gender what baby, reveals. Gen- oh, yeah. You can tell I'm not a baby person. I, I just was going to say what <laughs> brand they are. <laughs> is it a Chloe or is it a Chanel? <laughs> what brand of baby are you having? Okay, God, I'm so not a woman. Okay, so those ba- gender reveal parties, deadly. But we plan all these big things. So I enjoyed the conversation I had about it because it really piqued interest with a couple of my friends. And this goes to Saturday. Saturday was my out day. Met up with friends at Bryant Park at 3 p.m. I wanted to be there in the afternoon. I wanted people watch. Man, Chris, people look so fucking happy to be out. I mean, so happy. We were stuck inside for months and months on end. And even last summer, we couldn't really do much because no. everyone was just paranoid way much more and than they are closed. now. And everything was closed. You couldn't even go sit in a chair at the park. They, they had them all upside down. Exactly. Exactly. So this is the first time in almost two years where we can kind of enjoy the outdoors a little bit more than we could last year. It's fantastic. We've gone on two picnics in the past two weeks. Picnics. It was from picnics. I love it. And just seeing, you know, Bryant Park is cool because there's these areas where these guys play chess and they challenge each other. And there's like a line of challengers. Then there's ping pong. There's all these different games outside that everybody's waiting. And, you know, everyone's being very mindful. I will say New York City so proud of everyone wearing their mask unless they're at a table or unless they're at a Good. restaurant. You know, I will say everybody walk around like very, very few see it, only if somebody's like smoking or something. Do I see somebody? So shout out to my city for coming through and being cool. But we sat there and then I actually did the unthinkable. It was March Madness. We get invited by friends to go to a <laughs> bar, an indoor bar, a bar with Whoa. indoor seating. Now, mind you, we're not at full capacity here, but Anything more than 20 people feels like full capacity. I'm just going to tell you that right now. So go in. Oh, yeah. There's plexiglass behind all of the tables. There's a million TVs. So there's a ton of people in there. There was the moment of like, is this, should we, Would do we want to stay here? But as we sat down, I looked around. It was a bunch of younger people. Like, I'd say 21 to 30, right? We were definitely the parents of the house, right? I could have birthed any one of those people. But they were all like, all of them had their allegiance to one of the games that was going on in March Madness and, you know, what school they went to or what have you. And I will just say, I stayed, we stayed for a couple of hours till they closed at 11, walked over around 8.30. So it was enough time to be indoors and just see if I could deal with it. But just looking at everyone having such a good time, especially that age, 21 to 30, You know, young people have missed out on so much. Like, that is such a time that you are out at a bar watching every game or whatever you like to do. You know, and it just made me so happy. I'm so happy for everybody. I know we're all doing what we can. I know there's still risk out there. But to start living life again and to watch other people live their life just brought me a weekend of first weekend in spring joy. Yeah, mentally, it just helps so much. So how long did it actually take you to start feeling comfortable once you actually sat inside and you were around all these people? Well, when the waitress came up and I realized how close she was going to have to be to actually take an order because it was really loud in there. And she was just, her name was Abby. Shout out to Abby um, at uh, Blue Haven. Shout out, Abby. You are amazing. Uh, Abby was a darling. 
And once this happened, I realized I just kind of looked around and I was like, you know, it is what it is. All of my other friends I'm with already had COVID. So I feel like my bubble in this plexiglass should be okay. Not sure about Abby, but she was so lovely. I couldn't push her out of my face. I just enjoyed her. I even gave her a hug before I left. And it's just like, I know these are all breaking the rules of life right now, but my test is right over there. As soon as we're done recording today, I'm taking my COVID test and shipping it out. Okay. I've, I've isolated since cool. Saturday, but it was worth it. It was amazing. But one thing, this March Madness series is just as exciting. Yesterday wasn't a great day of games, but just the Cinderella stories, right? Just the teams that come and go that you think are going to go further and that you think are going to go nowhere. Stay in the mix. Like Oral Roberts. What was going on there? Ohio State I had going a fair way, as I'm sure most people did. And then that was probably the upset of the tourney for me so far. And then he had Illinois lose to Loyola Chicago on Sunday. That hurt my bracket as well. Me too. Illinois was in my final four. Yeah, me too. How, how many how many brackets do you normally do? By the way, do you normally just have the one main just bracket? One. To do a few? Just one. Just one. Yes, I used to do multiple. It's upsetting enough to have one break when they all break. <laughs> it's that many more times upsetting. Like, oh, I have five brackets. They all suck. You know what I mean? So, like, that's very heartbreaking. But you know, the NBA right now, Chris, these injuries after All Star, we got LeBron. We know AD. We know KD. But LeBron, then Ball, like this is just bumming me out for the NBA right now and shifting who we think the top seeds are for the playoffs. Yeah, well, you know how big of an NBA fan I am. I've hardly watched a game since the uh, All-Star break because it's been college season for me. I've just been watching college whenever I can. I haven't even watched the last three or four Celtics games. And I, watched every, I think I've watched every single Celtics game for the past four years. I haven't watched any since the All-Star break. Does it help that they're uh, not going so hot? Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. really, really struggling at the moment. Going to do a lot of trades maybe. A lot of names are on the table. Marcus Smart's names. name is getting tossed up again. Oh. I don't know what we're going to be doing, but something needs to happen because, man, it's not looking good this season. You'll get back in the mix in April right about when I am losing my mind yeah. over the Masters. Like April 9th through 11th, <laughs> I've already blocked off on my calendar of just like I can't be doing nice. stuff with my friends because I really just want to – and, you know, I'm considering like – I have power out on my patio and I just ordered patio furniture. I could take my TV on wheels out onto my patio. It's just oh. like total loser wants to be home stuff. But the masters outside in the sun on my patio would be pretty awesome. Absolutely. And actually, we did the same thing over the weekend. We just bought a whole bunch of stuff for our patio. Finally bought a grill so I can grill for the first time since I moved to this country because I have not had a place that has grill. been grill compatible. Sure. And then we ordered some- <laughs> Yeah, then we had a, we ordered a picnic table. Uh, we've got some uh, concrete paint, all that sort of stuff. It's going to look good. This weekend, we're going to actually have a, a proper grill, grill cookout, you call it over here, a cookout. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to that. You can't grill, I assume, over there, right? Because you're uh, in no, a no, building. No, no, it is, it is not compliant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we don't want – if my neighbor below me was grilling, I'd be yeah. so scared, okay? It's not yeah. compliant, but we have community grills outside. We have about okay, six that's good. huge community grills, the nice outdoor area. One thing you're going to love about that, living down there in the summer when it gets hot, you tend to want to cook all your hot stuff outside so you don't heat Mm -hmm. up the house. And it's just like a summer thing. We never cooked inside in the summer. Everything was made out of the grill. So you're going to really enjoy that. Congrats on the grill. This is a big move. Man, I'm so excited. It took me a while to kind of figure out what grill I wanted. There's a couple of people uh, in my life who were big grill People, I think they're even called grill masters, and they kind of gave me their opinions on which grills I, I should get for the price that I wanted. So I ended up picking that up yesterday. And man, I'm legitimately so excited for this weekend and to just sit outside and grill and sit on our new picnic table and, you know, just well, hang Chris, out. It's going to be the best. Next week on the podcast, you know, we are all going to be looking for updates. We're going to want to know what you made, <laughs> how you marinated it, how it tasted. We may even want to bring in. The missus to get a real report card. You may say it was good. Maybe she doesn't say it was good. But speaking of the missus, I have a TV to recommend, TV show to recommend to her and to my listeners. Now, it does lean on the side of chick flick, chick TV show, right? But some guys like to watch them or if you have a significant other and she likes Anna Kendrick, I will watch anything that she does. I love her so much. She has a show on uh, HBO Max called Love Life. It's based in New York City. Okay. I finished all of them and I, I know there were a lot. Okay. So I'd started it a couple of weeks ago and I was like watching four or five at a time. And then 
I don't know how it happened. Friday night, I just sat down. And I just kept clicking that one more episode thing. And all of a sudden, it got to that there are no more episodes. And I was like, okay, oh. mission accomplished. I won nothing. I probably just donated 20 hours of my life, but it was a great <laughs> show. I love Anna Kendrick. She's just so fun to watch. So if you're looking for something and you love the city and you want to remember what it was like when people would go into restaurants and be dressed up, I recommend you watch this. How many seasons is it? I don't know. One or two, maybe one. Okay. Uh, you know, I just kind of go into the app and I just let it do its thing. I try not to think about it. The one thing I have a complaint about HBO Max, uh, they make you fast forward to the end of the episode unless you want to watch all the like behind the scenes stuff like they did with uh, Ballers. Like, did it, I don't yep. like that. Just let me let this end. Ask me if I want to watch the next one and automatically yep. click. And also don't ask me if I'm still watching. That is you guilting me, Netflix, <laughs> into being a degenerate. And yes, I am still watching. We're just binging. We're sitting on a couch all day. They make us feel bad for it. It is strange yes. that these services are built to binge watch and then they make you feel bad about it after a couple of hours. And come do you on. notice that you've gotten pretty comfortable by the time Netflix will come around to ask you and you cannot find the remote control sometimes in time? Mm-hmm. You're like, it's sunk into the couch. Where's the yep. little... We all have the same problems, but we don't have problems when we're laughing, we're enjoying incredible movies and TV shows like Step Brothers, 40-Year-Old Virgins, uh, Knocked Up, Legally Blonde, 50 First Dates, and then, of course, the show of all shows, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes, I agree with you. This is Wayne Fetterman. How are you today, Wayne? I am swell. First of all, I'm going to a little inside baseball, and I know you're a sports fan. Yeah. Uh, we were supposed to do this a half hour ago. I had a conflict and you were able to push your schedule a half hour. Thank you. That's I feel speaks volumes about you. I don't know about Chris. I don't know if he was against it. I don't know if he wanted to cancel. He's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I see. Listen, we want to be flexible. I mean, Zoom and not so having nice to be in person has made it easier for us to actually link with people. But why not move yeah. it around? We're not using a studio. We're not bothering right. anybody else's time. So thank you for being with us. But other than your successful, all the great things you've done. We're here to talk about your book. I love to read. I am so looking forward to digging into this book. Just released the history of stand-up. And let's talk about it because you've seen history go from small little theaters and very intimate settings to arenas and stadiums and Madison Square Garden. So as you've watched this grow and evolve, in the beginning, Wayne, did you ever see comedy being what it is now? Well, just so you know, there was a comedian named Steve Martin. Oh, who in the 70s, yeah. when I was still in school, I was still going to school, then going to college. Uh, he was selling out. He was at the Nassau Coliseum. He's at the same place where Led Zeppelin plays. Yep. So there was already like a rock star movement in the before I, I even started. So to answer your question, yes, I saw it because I have vision. Yeah, and Steve Martin was at that time the one, right? If there was a comedian that you were going to take the time and go to a big venue to see, now we have more. How do you prefer your comedy? Do you like a big venue or do you like an intimate setting? Well, luckily, I don't have to make that decision because I can't sell out anything over (laughs) like 500 seats. So I'm in a great position. You're in a great game. But I've never played like, that's not true. I played a couple I like it under 3000 people like to me, that's the max. Otherwise, it's just then it's more like a party. Like when uh, Kevin Hart did the football stadium, he did uh, Lincoln Financial. Right. So, I mean, it just seems like everyone was like, oh, we're here for a party. I don't know if we're going to enjoy the intricacies of the comedy, but um, I don't know. I that that's me. But, you know, some comedians are they they. They pride themselves on being arena comedians. I actually talked to Amy Schumer about that. And she was like, yeah, I'm very comfortable playing in these big venues. Because one of the things I love about living in New York City, of course, (laughs) before we we, the world closed down was there's so many small venues. So it really is like you have been to the comedy cellar. Of course I have. I mean, it's just cozy and intimate and you can all hear each other and feel each other laughing and see everybody's expressions. And as the comedian able to see your faces as well and feed off of the energy, it's got to be hard to feed off the energy when there's a whole stadium. Right. It's a different kind of thing. It's sort of like you do your joke and then there's a wave and then there's a wave of laughter coming from the back. And then it's, it's a little different than the cellar, but that's how I really like comedy. I like when you go downstairs, 
You're on. It's obviously a fire trap. Everyone's oh, oh, there. Oh, it's a death trap. Kimmy, there's one entrance. The bathrooms <laughs> are a- usually not so great. Let's talk about that. But you exactly. still love going. Um, there's not a big range of liquor. You are going to be, you know, some of them are just beer. And some, you're not getting five different kinds of, of vodka. Okay? Right, Don't right. be fussy. You know Would what you I mean? Say, I'm, not a, I'm not a drinker. Do you drink alcohol? I'm not really a drinker either. Oh. But normally it's a two-drink be- minimum when you go to a of comedy course. club. Oh. So you, oh, yeah. you, know, you're, you, you get your drink for your friend. Personally, I'd rather smoke a little weed. I like to take an edible before oh. I go to a comedy show. Interesting. And then what do you do with your two drink minimum? I give them to a friend. I'll usually have water or soda. Oh, you know, I might treat oh, myself wild Friday night out. At least it gets a Sprite. You know what I mean? So I, don't yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. I don't buy soda and bring it in the house. I mean, that's just not good for you. Why would you do this? So <laughs> what inspired you to write this book? And the book is now available. It came out in March. It's available on Amazon. The history of stand up. What inspired this? From Mark Twain. To Dave Chappelle. Yeah, That's, which is quite I a start stretch. around 1850s and then go to 2021. How long did it take uh, you to do that research? Well, this is the weird thing. It's like I have a, an almost like you, a varied career. Like I do stand up. I do all these little acting yeah, roles. Yeah. And then but also other things have opened up to me in the last 10 years. One of them was writing about stand up which I did for Vulture magazine. I wrote a couple big articles that did surprisingly well. I was shocked. <laughs> and then um, you're ready for this? Yeah. Lisa Ann. Uh, I, I now teach at USC. I did. I'm, a, I'm an adjunct professor. Do you love it? Well, um, yeah. I mean, I'd I like the pers- <laughs> I like I do like it. I do. I don't want to get fired. It's, but, yeah. it, it, but it's different. I mean, it's something you're seeing yeah. the world now from a different generation's eyes. Mm, you're hearing right. conversations that quite possibly maybe you don't know what everything means. I mean, I get abbreviations <laughs> by text and I got to send an emergency text to a younger friend and go, what does this abbreviation mean? And right. Why why can't they just spell it the fuck out? Is it that difficult? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> it means laughing out loud. Just or, so you know. or see you later was one that really got me. Oh, right, 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 or, right. you know, there's just missing letters. There's a lot of missing letters in the vocab today. And also they don't like punctuation. This younger generation. I know. I know. They don't like to capitalize. They don't like to capitalize. You put a period on something and they think you're an old person. I saw this in the news. Then it laid on TikTok. It must be real. So you're oh, teaching. Yeah, it's a tell. It's a tell. I don't know if you play poker, but it's a tell when you put a period or yeah. you address the person. Anyway, so I do that once a week. And so it was between that. And then I started doing the lecture at the colleges about the history of stand up. And then COVID shut down comedy. So it's like, let me take what I've done, yeah. repurpose what I used at Vulture and just do a book and just put it out. It's fantastic. So that was like, that was one of my COVID projects. I mean, it's, a great co- was- it's a great COVID project. You're not traveling. You're able to be still. And also, like, I think a lot of us creators learn to repurpose. We learn like, man, I've done some really great shit. I want to talk about it now. Right. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You get I feel like you get me. I get you. I you. You mentioned about writing some columns. I saw your excerpt for The Daily Beast about how COVID stopped the next oh, boom. This just came out like today. Out. Yeah. Um, big reader, as I said. So how long do you think? I mean, I agree with you when you're talking about the cellar. These are smaller rooms without great ventilation, without many options of ventilation. How hard is this going to hurt <laughs> this business long term? Well, they just I just got an electronic mail. That's how I call it. Uh, I just got from the seller. That's the email, there, right? We, Electronic. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I just got one of those and they're reopening at 30% capacity, I think in a couple of weeks or something like that. So it's, it's going to be a slow thing, but to have that packed room where people are there, some people are drinking four drinks, some people are high on edibles. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't want to name names. Uh, they, to get that feeling that like, oh, like we're in this ship, we're in this submarine together yeah. doing comedy. Yeah. I don't know. I, who knows? I mean, I'm, it, I'm a historian. I'm not a soothsayer. Yeah. <laughs> OK. You know, with that, I mean, it's going to take look. There's 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 two theories right now. Like it was yeah. nice week last weekend in New York City. So like I took a walk on Saturday and I was blown mm-hmm. away. Like the energy of people, everyone's sitting at tables outside, just so happy to see their people. Everybody was right. dressed nice. The car stereos were bumping. I'm like, part of me thinks this could be the roaring 20s in the next 10 minutes. And then part of me is concerned for those people that overwatch the news and are like, oh, I'm never going to this venue ever again because it was too small. Right. I don't want well, 
Do you think people are going to get on planes without masks ever again? Why, why would you? you know, it's okay to get on one if you want to. I mean, I have a girlfriend who traveled with a mask for years just because she slept right, with her right. mouth open on the plane and freaked her out. So she always wore masks and I would always be like, okay. But I, I could be on a plane. I have no idea. I Again, you know, again, I can't see into but, the... I know you think I can. But what we've done did, you know, virtually, so many comedians have still been able to put out content. Oh, yeah. And well, this is... If when you read the book and I'm not telling you, you have to, I but I know to. you, you claim to be super curious. That's your thing. Yep. Uh, and I want to talk about basketball also. Oh. I'm ready to pivot, <laughs> ready to pivot. Um, that uh, one of the stories of the history of standup is comedians adapting to technologies. So that story has been going on since the late 1800s when the first comedians started recording their act. It wasn't live on stage, but it was in a studio. Those early records. I don't know if you've seen those little of cylinders. Course, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So that started really early on. And then in the 20s, stage microphones. There was none of this. I'm tapping a mic right now. There was none of that. People had to project from a stage. And then when they wired these theaters up for movies, for sound movies, suddenly comedians had a microphone. So that that adapted. Then records. And they I don't were know if you able, able to record them and then put them out on yeah, records. Yeah, long playing records yeah. in the clubs. So and now you have a recording of somebody in the club. And you're like, what is this? So th- and then obviously, you know, HBO and, you know, doing television right. and all of that. So it's a constant thing. So Evolution. I was. In, I was yeah. Total level. And I know in and certain in, innovation, innovation. And, and I know in certain lifestyles, it's been harder yeah. for people to adapt to like social media and technology because they always were able to perform live and they never needed it. Then it becomes a need. And you're kind of behind the eight ball because there's a lot of platforms. Where does one start? What's my, you know, what's my target audience on this one? And right. I imagine it was a learning lesson for everybody along this way. But before we pivot to basketball, I have to ask you what it is like to be on set for Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, because I love it. I love it. It is my favorite show. I watch it on repeat. You know, it's one of those you just can keep watching and find something different <laughs> that you missed. You know, a little detail that you missed in the first time you watched it or the second time you watch The ad-libbing. What is it all like? I'll tell you exactly what it's like. All right. I was on the sixth episode of the series. So... There's no script. I auditioned with, he literally gave me a little piece of paper and just said, you're in love with Julia Louis-Dreyfus. That's all it said. And so I went in and I pretended I had her picture in my wallet and, you know, in a very, so this is before the scene, LD, the king, the genius, you know him, all the ladies love him, right? Yes, yes. Chris, not so much. Yeah, yeah, everyone loves him. He's so great. So great. And he was like, OK, this is what has to happen in the scene. You're going to walk in my house. You're going to look around. I'm going to show you stuff. Then we're going to go to the backyard. I'm going to show you the wire. You're going to be able to fix it. But in order to get that done, you want to use my, the favor I'm about to give to him to get to meet Julia Louis Drive. That's all that has. That's all. So everything I said in the whole scene was just ad libbed. It's got to be freeing as an actor to be able to You're go absolutely there. absolutely right. But at the you same time, me. he has a lot of trust in you by giving you the idea. You came up with the idea to pretend you had her photo in your wallet. I mean, right, that's a that true was actor. just the audition. Yeah, yeah. A true yeah, actor yeah. would do those little kind of additions to the whole thing. Wow. But yeah, that was the buzzing power, right? The zapping yeah, yeah, noise yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. driving Cheryl crazy. It just zapped, mm-hmm. zapped off. And there is, that's real. That happens in California. I remember hearing that outside of a friend's house. I'm like, oh, that was an episode of Curb. But He's brilliant. I He was the one person I used to see regularly at Lakers games that I actually mm-hmm. thought if we ever walk by each other, I just don't know what I'll say because, you know, it's just I just am in awe because of his brilliance. I follow his daughter on social media once in a while and yeah. on Instagram. She'll interview him and ask him a question or two. And it's just hilarious because she laughs with, at, with him like we all laugh with him. He's brilliant and he loves basketball. And Wayne, are you telling me right now that you love basketball, too? I'm a lifer. I'm a lifer. Who's Doreen, your- one of the things one, you think my only COVID project was the history of stand up. No, oh. I worked on my my shot. You- I actually. <laughs> yes. Are you yes. in any sort of a league? Not now, not, not now. No, but there's luckily there was a park that was open up 
uh, near me. And so I would go early in the morning and get up, you know, 100 shots or something. It's funny you say I moved during COVID into a building that had a basketball court indoors. What? So that boom, if we're on lockdown forever, I could still shoot hoops and swim in it in oh, our pool. So I, I'm right there with you. But who's your team? Who do you follow in the NBA? This is going to be disappointing to you. Do not have a team. Only follow the association as a whole. It's not a league, by the way. It's an association. You're correct. You're you know. correct. Yep. 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 And so I've been following since I was a kid. And I actually... This is, you probably, this is going to sound crazy, but I wrote a book about a dead basketball player, Hall of Famer named Pete Maravich. I wrote the authorized biography of him. Wow. So he's a little before your time. But so that's like I'm into it. I am into what's going on. I'm into what the Knicks are doing. Yeah. I'm into what, what Harden has been able to bring to the Knicks that we oh, forgot he even had in Houston. You know, the How many Lakers. assists the game is he It's ridiculous. It's, so, it's ridiculous. I wish I had him on my fantasy basketball team, and I don't, because at that time when we were drafting, oh. there was the looming, I don't want to be here anymore, and I don't like to draft a team if his team is going to make him stay there and he's unhappy because he's going to produce. Right. So I laid back and somebody else took him, and he's in first place right now in the league just because of Harden. I'm the same as you. I don't have an exact team. I just like what to is watch going games. on here. I feel like there's a lot of things in common. We have a this lot of uncomfortable. Com- this is uncomfortable. <laughs> this is kidding. I just think if there's a game on, I'm going to watch it. And there's always a player or even a broadcaster that I yes. enjoy listening yeah. to that makes me stay on that game. Even Damn, the no. Knicks are exciting to watch right now. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? It's incredible. Yeah. They're like, I love the association always have. And I'd tell you my favorite event of the, Weekend of NBA All-Star Week. It was Sunday, I guess. It really wasn't a weekend, right? Yeah. Uh, is always the three-point shooting contest. Ooh. Let me tell you why. There's no referee. Mm-hmm. It's you either make it and you get the points or you don't. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no... It's like it's the purest of the dunk competition. Like, oh, so somebody's holding up a number. Right, 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 right. You're, you're right. It's all subject to... Yes, and thank look, you. Steph Curry, I would never want to be in a three-point contest, even if I was a better basketball player than I am against Steph. But Steph, just that's just his sweet spot. We know that. It's almost like they shouldn't let Curry be in the three-point challenge. He's only won it twice. He's You're lost right. it a couple times. So, and But he is... He's amazing. He's like the Larry David of basketball. He is like the Larry <laughs> David of basketball. It's so funny. Um, you a baseball fan at all? Not as much as basketball. This is you want to hear the order, or do you? Yes, care? give it to me in order. I and want then to hear tell it. Tell me your order because okay. I'd like to know about you. This is not. This is a back and forth. I like it. Chris I like it. is on the sideline. Yeah, he's on the sideline. Okay, okay. Here we go. It's the association. Then I think I go college basketball. Ooh. Then NFL. Then uh, college football. Then maybe baseball. I'm trying. Am I missing one? No, nope, you're something not. In? You're not. You're right. Yeah, it's not, it's not be so the fact that you. Fo- OK, so for me, it is basketball, <laughs> me- football, no. baseball. Wait, wait, what kind of basketball? What kind NBA, of NBA, NBA. So so professional. I don't really follow yeah. as much college as I should. But so professional right. NBA, NFL, then MLB. And then my oh. close second is in the, in the last spot uh-huh. is PGA and UFC. And listen, UFC was never my thing, but during quarantine it was on during that the, the bubble on fight yeah. island i was fascinated it was great to see people bleeding on each other and surviving <laughs> we were watching the news and it was so devastating i'm like well if these guys could be on this dirty mat they're gonna be tested they're gonna be fine we're gonna live through this like i don't know what gave you this weird sense of hope i love it <laughs> i love that that was the one thing that was the inflection point where you're like we're going to make it. We're going to make it. These people are making it. But it was fascinating. Also, you know, when you dive Absolutely. into a new sport, UFC is very interesting because it's different fighting styles and different right. training. They're all from different countries. And at that time, a lot of the fighters from the U.S. couldn't go. So you were seeing fighters from all these countries. And almost all of them had translators, right? They don't speak English yes. yet. You know, it was like fascinating. But yeah, NBA is the best. Uh, there's no, no it's doubt. The best. It's, it's the, best. the best. It's the most high yeah. energy. They play the best music. They have the greatest broadcasters, NBA radio. I don't know. I feel like NHL plays pretty good music. Because they play rock music. So that gives me something about you like your classic rock because NHL is all about classic rock. (laughs) 
Does that age me right there? Not just because all. I like uh, Thunderstruck when uh, the, the lightning come out? ACDC is never going to be out of our <laughs> lives, okay? Are you kidding me? So when will you start to get out there and do shows in person again? I, I interviewed with a woman yesterday, and she was giving uh-huh. her a tour schedule before we did the interview. And I said, oh, I'm so happy to hear your tour dates at these smaller venues in the U.S. Right. brought me joy. Right. Are you going um, back I, I'm I think it's going to be next month. Next okay. month, I'm going to start. Yeah, I still I want to be vaccinated. I understand. I, Why wouldn't my, you? We're that close. We made it this far. Why can't we just wait? Yeah, I don't want to be the last person to die of COVID. Yeah, would, you wouldn't. I don't want to be that dude. Yeah, like, I understand. It's like a trivia question. Yeah. Oh, Wayne, yeah. he was in Legally Blonde and he was the last one to die. He went to that small club in Bristol. <laughs> he couldn't wait. He couldn't wait. <laughs> and he got COVID there because they were fully open. No masks. Okay. Like, yeah. Be state by state. You yeah, want to be yeah, vaccinated yeah. because every state has a different situation going on. So. Just prepare yourself. But are you excited to get back out there and see how I love it? I together? miss it. I really miss. There's a thing about stand up where you kind of when you get on stage, it's sort of like a lock. Like you sort of have to figure out the combination of that crowd that night. And sometimes it's easy. You're just like, oh, and we're open and we're going. But sometimes it's like it's tricky. Somebody like super high energy or super has a lot of profanity because I don't use like that in my act like. I have to do like an adjustment. So it's so fun just to do that, to kind of crack the code for each crowd. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, sometimes you see a couple in the front. They look like they're kind of bickering. You figure, is this going to last? What's happening here? Can I mess with them? Not mess. But that's feeling a live room. And also, yeah, I think feeling a live room. you maybe didn't even consider because you've been out of the road doing this so much. But now the mm-hmm. joy is going to be seeing people leave their homes and get out to have fun is going to have some next level joy. I know. I think I hope it's going to be like the Roaring Twenties. And by that, I mean that uh, we're going to have to pay off the police to serve alcohol. I did tell my friends to buy stock in condoms and also in all pharmaceutical companies that make any shots or things for STDs. Okay, wait a minute. Because I think people are going to be out having sex like crazy next year. Right. I understand. (laughs) How much... How much stock market tips do you give generally in your life? Not any, not any. But oh, so when I have something ridiculous, your, uh, so if I have something ridiculous, like, you know, like okay. it was Saturday afternoon after I walked back, I'm like, I felt like everybody on that street would have been Caligula in five minutes if we were all vaccinated. Like everybody was just so just, and I was like, I've never felt this kind of energy in the, in the, door, in the, in the street before. So I was texting my friends. I'm like, I think we should all get together, band together and buy stocks and condoms and any sort of STD treatments. They're like, <laughs> what is wrong with you i'm like we could get a little reckless after all of this especially if people get this everyone's vaccinated they're like hey i'm vaccinated what could go wrong oh uh, you could get pregnant with a stranger right 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 <laughs> yeah. you're talking about std yeah. so i think that's no no no. Of- there's still the normal danger there's normal danger, normal but not it's gonna be so fun it's gonna be really fun knock on wood that there's not some crazy strain and then they play back this podcast and we were the idiots that thought it was going to be all good it's going to be all good it's just a matter of it's time gonna be, I, I i i try to be optimistic i am optimistic you can tell yeah right? i'm totally out. look you repurposed and wrote an entire book during covid like you know most people were you know wondering what what's the project i could get into and also if we had such an elastic band of time right nobody knew right. how long it was going to last so i felt like Best game plan is to stay busy Monday through Friday and then lounge around on the weekends like life is normal. Like that's the best game plan. Can I piggyback something you said in an earlier podcast? Yeah. If it's wrong, we can cut this out. Please. I love that you listen. I'm so flattered. This is Wayne. Also, Wayne Fetterman also (laughs) paid money to do my living trust (gasps) because I don't have one either. (gasps) We're organizing our lives. This gave us time to take a beat. Did you so let me tell you the it? difference. <laughs> I know the difference between you and I, I have not gotten to it yet. I've already paid for it. Okay. I've already paid for the, you know, I think I did legal zoom they okay. had a deal where you get a lawyer and the yep. whole thing. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to have this fun is where with we it. Di- this is where we differ though. You okay. ready? Not going to give, not going to have ashes a Wayne Fetterman <laughs> donating my body to science. You know, that is a backup plan I, idea. Because they will take your body as long as you're not in an accident or something bad, you know, something like that. Right. They will They'll even take that. They may get a liver or something. Yeah. I feel like I still want to sparkle in my friend's lives. So the diamond know, by ash is just fantastic. But like, are you planning your service? Because I got real wrapped up in that, Wayne. Like, would I want food? I is there open bar? Like, what 
This is the last party I get to plan of my entire fucking not life. So what do I do? I just hope that the alcohol is at least medium shelf. (laughs) Don't worry, it will be. I'm dead. I'm spending it all. Okay. (laughs) You know, my friends have percentages. So whatever they have left from this party, they divide amongst themselves. But I'm glad, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because since that podcast came out, I've had so much conversation about, oh, you know, it's great that you addressed it in in this way because it's something most people don't think about. You never think of the worst case scenario. Of course, but but it's it's not the worst case. It's an inevitable scenario. Also, if you pee before you leave because you don't want to sit in traffic and have to go to the bathroom, why wouldn't you do your will? Is that okay? <laughs> interesting. I'm trying to process. You're planning ahead. You're planning ahead. Oh, you're planning I got you. Ahead I got you. So you don't I stop at some I shady see. gas station I that see, has right. COVID. Okay. So you're like, I made my bed. Yeah, I make my Why bed. I, Why would I not? Why have shouldn't a will? I be making my will? Why yeah. should my going away party not be totally awesome? But I'm so flattered that you listen to my ridiculousness. No, it's nice. <laughs> I feel like you're well. You know, you're like me. Except for the part about the donating the body. Okay. I think we're both very curious people. So mm-hmm. like that's kind of like always been my juice that's got me like it's just I enjoy it. I enjoy I, this whole thing. I agree. I'm enjoying I don't can I say what I'm seeing outside the window? Yeah. Behind you? Yeah. I see like is that Manhattan? Yes. That's you're on the island of Manhattan. I you're am on, on island the right island now. of Manhattan. Yes. Oh, I didn't know you're an islander. I okay, am an islander. I lived in okay. California for almost 30 years and I just moved here full time December of 2019. So I moved here before uh, everything closed. But I will say it's, you know, I've, I've made the most of it. Wayne, having the island kind of to myself because everybody left, <laughs> there was a three month stretch where I right. could ride a city bike in the middle of Broadway from one end of the island all the way to the other with no traffic. Like, not a, it was like a child being in a very large playground. I went to Central Park every day. I got out every day. Like I just, you know, masks, Wait, gloves, in the everything. middle of winter. In the middle of yes, winter. Yes, because the gyms were closed in the buildings, and I was like, I, I need to right. move a little bit every day. Uh-huh. I love to be outside. Yeah, you layer up. You're on your bike. You can barely move, but if you get if you fall, you're all right. Uh, but it was a different experience. So when you listen to music, you're literally, it's a desert island classic. Yeah, Because you're on a deserted island. Because I'm on a deserted island. But this city is going to come back. It's just going to oh, take time. I would never. I went to college there. I like you know I, That's where I started is. my career. I love it. Love yeah. it there. You know how it is. It's always going to, it's, there's just, there's so, so much culture here. There's so many unique buildings in between a new building. There's just something to see in New York, every different street you take. And it's just I feel alive. like you don't have to sell New York, New York City. It's... <laughs> I, I do like have to sell your book, though. I do have you to sell have your to. book. I'd love you to sell your to. book. The History of Stand-Up, which you can get now on Amazon, which I'm so excited to read and follow you more and more. And by the way, the movie choice of tonight, if I don't watch NBA, yeah, yeah, uh, Step Brothers. After I, you know, just thinking about Step Brothers again, I can't watch it enough times. I bet you I've seen it a hundred times. Do you know who I play in Step Brothers? Why is it slipping me at this very moment? You don't have to. I know you Go. think. I am. It's a very small thing, but it's memorable. I'm the blind neighbor at the beginning. Is like, can I come over and touch your face? That's me. (laughs) Um, What was it like? I mean, those guys together, it must be hard to get shit done because they're just so funny. Yeah, the whole thing. And I don't know if you know the guy who directed it was Adam McKay, who's this incredible improv savant. He doesn't even do it anymore. He just directs movies. Now he directs more serious movies. But just to be on the set with those guys, it was, it's ridiculous. A ton of fun. And these are all movies that everyone rewatches. They're not movies you see once. You're like, you know, that was good. I'll probably never watch it again. Right, right. No, no, no. I I know a lot of people love that movie. And I I feel like people recognize me, even without the crazy dark glasses. And and 40-year-old virgin. I mean, you can't not watch that enough. That is just a classic. Everything about it is great. It's super awkward. I love it all. But Wayne, thank you so much for spending time with me here This is a wrap. Yeah, you can go about your day. What else you got going on today? I'm sure you have things to do, books to write. You know, No, no, I have stuff to do today. I have stuff. Uh, Well, thank you so much. This has been a blast. And Chris, Wayne, your I Twitter, like sp- your Twitter you is too much. at Fetterman. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, your yeah. Uh, Instagram. Are you there yet? I'm on Insta Fetterman. Insta Fetterman. OK, we'll get that out there. Get some more followers. <laughs> we got to get your Twitter numbers up. I mean, there's so many people to talk to out there, Wayne. I would love to. I would love to. But anyway, <laughs> thank you for having me. And especially thank you for a, 
adjusting to my schedule. That was so nice of you. You didn't have to do it. And I really appreciate it. No problem at all. Look forward to chatting with you again. Okay. See you I'm going to watch some basketball tonight. Yeah. Later, Chris. See you later, Sam. The moment you've all been waiting for. After an incredible interview, though, like there's nothing that could top Wayne. Chris, was he the nicest guest we've ever had? He just put us in a good mood immediately when he said that he listens to the show. We He jumped on the Zoom and immediately he said, oh, great to see your faces. It's good to put a face to a voice. And then he started talking about things that happened in previous episodes. And that just that got us in a really good mood. And I was happy for the rest of the day. What a, I was what a, happy because we knew we had a listener. Yeah, Like there's exactly. one guaranteed listener. Like I know about five guaranteed on Twitter that will respond, maybe 10, uh, but we're trying to get more. And before we get to the mailbag, I'd like to admit to you, Chris, that I had a little meltdown on Facebook yesterday and I actually edited it and put it up exclusively, just the meltdown part. It's a good 11 minutes long. <laughs> I was getting ready to sign off. I probably should have just signed off, but I went into this, the most beautiful, obnoxious, flow of a rant it was like eminem was spitting rap but it was me (laughs) telling guys that just because you stared at a woman in your phone for four to six hours a day for weeks and months and years on end does not mean that she's going to come to life and appear for you it started with that it went so many places (laughs) you might want to watch it i'm advising all of you I had checked the mailbag before I did the live. That was a bad order. That's flawed because then I was already burned out from the whole, like, why does everybody want to meet me? And why does everybody think I want to meet them? Like, everyone stop. I watch TV all the time and I don't look at everybody on TV and say, I want to meet them. Like, I'm just enjoying the TV show. Like, I love the show with Anna Kendrick. Doesn't mean I I have to meet her. You know what I mean? Like, she doesn't mean she wants to meet me. Like, so uh, there was Meltdown. Uh, I sent it to all of my friends, the edited version, and they were fucking dying. And some of my friends were texting me live during it going, did you really just say that on Facebook? I'm like, I did. I I could delete it, but I kind of love it. Like it was, it was really honest. (laughs) It didn't, it didn't help matters any because I've come to terms with, I think a lot of people that follow me don't speak English. So whatever I'm saying doesn't matter. They're still going to put it out there, but let's go to the mailbag. We've got some good ones today. Don't forget. AskLisaN at gmail.com is your opportunity to be in the mix and have your email read on my podcast. The first question for us today is from Julio. And Julio says, hi, Lisa. Just passed the chapter where you had the terrible cut caused by Mr. 1984. Did you ever forgive him for doing that to you? And did you talk to him afterwards? I got your book on Audible. So nice to hear your voice reading the book. Julio and I spoke briefly about this on Facebook yesterday, but I had already chose his question because I loved it because I thought everyone who hasn't read my book or doesn't know, and Chris, you would be one of these people that doesn't know, there was a time in my life where I only called the guys I was dating by the year they were born. They had absolutely <laughs> no other identification, okay? My friends and everyone only knew them by the year they were born. This was about a good 10-year span after my divorce. I just didn't want to identify with people and I wanted to keep drama and gossip out, so... There was a sex injury with 1984 that ended up splitting my face and making me have to get surgery. And uh, no, I did never speak to him again. Uh, When it happened, I told him that he should probably leave my house because I may murder him and he should probably never put himself in front of me again for damaging my face. I handled the situation. I will tell you this. It was Memorial Day. Nothing is open and there's no way I'm going to find a plastic surgeon at an emergency room that I'm trusting with my fucking face. Are you kidding me right now? So here's what I do instead. I grab a grip of stripper money because when you're a stripper, you always have a garbage bag full of cash somewhere (laughs) in your house that you never sorted through. That's like all balled up and you just grab it and you put it in your bag when you're running in traffic in LA, you sort the money. That's what you do. So I grab a whole bunch of money, put it in a little bag and I go to the 24 hour CVS down the street. At this point, you know, when you slice your, it was right above my nose. When you slice that part of your head, it bleeds a lot worse than the actual thing is, right? Your head's just bleeding, bleeding. So by the time I get into the store, I'm pretty much covered in blood, right? I drove with ice and a thing. And then I asked the kid that worked there. I gave him all the cash. I said, here's what we are going to do together. We're going into this aisle. We're getting out all these products. We're going to butterfly my face back together right here on this floor together. So I go to the beauty area. I get a mirror. We go into the area where there's all like the peroxide, the bandages. I lay myself on the floor. The kid puts gloves on. Like I'm like, whatever we touch, I buy. And you keep all this cash. 
this was such an ordeal. Like at first he's like, did you get shot? I'm like, no, I had a sex injury. We need to fix it because I need to research plastic surgeons before I just go in to get stitches in my face. So it was quite an ordeal. And so for that reason, no, I never spoke to 1984 again, Julio, but I'm thankful that you ordered the audiobook. I'm glad that you're liking it in my voice and uh, totally awesome to hear that. I want to track that CVS kid down and get him on the pod and get his recollection of that night because I can guarantee you he would have told that story to a couple of hundred people over the years. No doubt. I mean, like the random shit that happens. (laughs) If you work 11 to 4 in the morning or that like night shift, I'm certain a lot of random shit goes down, right? A lot. But that that may have been in his top five. (laughs) Mate, definitely in the top five. I'd, I'd say pushing for number one, surely. Really? Whoever that kid is, if for some reason you listen and you remember this incident happening, CVS kid, email, let us know. We want to get you on the show. That'd be hilarious. All righty, next question is from Mosin. And Mosin asks, will you ever get married? If yes, then whom? You are a legend, big fan of yours from Pakistan. Yeah, uh, pretty nosy here. Uh, If yes, then whom? And so if I tell this person whom, what changes this question? But these are this is when I feel like by this time next year, we're just going to start responding to these emails and we're going to start to read the responses because I could make up a name like the Hulk from The Incredible Hulk or, you know, Weird Al Yankovic and just see what the guy says. Like, I think this would be the next level. The more we engage with these, I think the better it'll be. The, the more the more fun it'll be as well. If you need my help responding to some as well, we'll do that. Babcheck again. Babcheck wants to do it. We've got yeah. to get Babcheck on to just respond to as many of these emails as we can. I agree. That's where we'll be at next year, and it'll be a ton of fun. Perfect. What do we got next, next? Next question is from Thomas. And Thomas says, Hello, Lisa. I'm Thomas from Virginia <laughs> Beach, and I was wondering if you do any fan services like meetups, FaceTime, or... Dick ratings. Well, hello, Thomas from West Virginia Beach. Uh, What I'd like to say first is Virginia Beach is for lovers. You know, why is he outsourcing? (laughs) I mean, you know, Virginia Beach is for lovers. Now, maybe they don't do dick ratings. I didn't see that on the license plate. Says Virginia Beach is for lovers. Doesn't say Virginia Beach is for dick ratings. Next year, maybe. When people say things like fan services, because I get this a lot. Services, like, is there some sort of a menu somewhere of services? Like, you can have your housekeeper come in. She does a deep clean. She does the windows. Here's a list of services. When did we become a service industry in this way? Um, You know, the meetups, one thing. The FaceTime. But the dick pics, man. The dick ratings. Guys, really, and I'm telling you, my one girlfriend with her roommate getting half the money is now up to over $500 a day Easy in her only man's fans rating dicks. And yep. she has a whole list of keywords for the thesaurus of things that he should say because you can't, you know. So, uh, Thomas, I hope that Virginia Beach serves you and you find a lover. I do not offer any of these services when I was not given the memo that I was in the service industry. And... Um, I've seen enough dicks. I don't need to do any dick ratings, but I get it. Uh, this has become a thing. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to say that it's like it's like bell bottoms. I may be past the generation to be able to wear them. <laughs> Thomas didn't attach a picture of his dick, but I can tell you right now, it's uh, I'm going to give it a one. If you're asking <laughs> us to, to rate it for you and, and, yes. uh, and you're asking yeah. these sort of questions, yes. Thomas, one. <laughs> Next question is from Dinesh. And Dinesh says, <laughs> you are in my love with me. Yeah, this is a real complicated one. Uh, Does he think I'm in love with him? Has he been engaging with an imposter who's selling on the fact that I'm in love with him? I got wrapped up in an imposter situation yesterday with a friend who continued the conversation. And he even got a ID from a woman in Portland that needs the money sent to her in Western Union. And I have like 10 screen grabs. He just kept it going because he was bored at work, I guess. And he wanted to see if he wasn't going to send her the money, but we got her ID, her address. And I'm just like, this is really elaborate. These people must realize that I have some of the loneliest, most desperate fans. I must be, because what they do now is when I'm doing a Facebook Live, they start chatting as a private group with the people that are in my lives. So I can't control it while I'm doing it. And then all these people come back to me and go, hey, was this you that hit me up? I'm one of 10 select 15 fans. Like, no, I was just sitting there live. Like you saw my hands. I was talking with them. I wasn't typing to you. Like, I was on live. Like, what? They, they say what they want to say. They think okay. what they want to think. They do. That's what it comes down to. 
This is a simple one. I kind of liked it. It's like a palate cleanser. Yeah. And would you say, Jamie? As simple as that from Jamie? You would. Either Jamie or Jaime, but I think it's Jamie. Yeah, I was thinking Jaime, but Jaime maybe Jamie. Jamie or Jaime. Mm-hmm. And Jamie Jaime asks, what is your favorite color? My favorite color has always been purple. It's not something I wear that much, but it is the strongest color on the chakra. It is very powerful, but I would say when you see me in a color, it's always black. If I could wear black every day without people complaining, that's another thing. I get a lot of complaints on live that I wear too much black. It's so much easier to wear one color, Chris, because you can throw all your laundry together. Doesn't anybody understand what I'm doing here? I'm making one color pile for my laundry. That's a great idea. I only really wear three colors. I wear black, white, and gray. Yeah. I don't think you've ever seen me in anything else other than black, white, and gray. That's and all you know, I wear. When, you, when you go shopping and you feel adventurous, you buy a shirt, you're like, this is a great color. This looks great on me. You never wear it. Yep. You I'm not never adventurous wear enough it. to wear a red or no, anything a burgundy like that. or a royal yeah. blue or anything. So, um, yes, purple and black. All right, this next huh? one's interesting because we're starting to get a repeat offenders that send an email back to back in the same day when they don't get a response fast enough. Uh, you want me to read them back to back then? Yes. All right. So these, these with, are both from- With the timestamp. Uh, with the timestamp. We got to have the uh, timestamp. Perfect. Stamp. These are both from Jimi Hendrix. The first one was sent at 10.48 a.m. And with a couple of emojis, he says, hi, my name is Hendrix and I would like to know you. And then at 3.43 p.m. that same day, so five hours later, Jimmy says, I'm 21 years old. I'm currently working at ITC department. I don't even know what that is. I have no idea what that is, but there's so much to unpack here. First of all, did he stare at the computer the whole time or his phone waiting for a notification <laughs> for a response? Because that's what I want to know. Wasn't was even a like, question though. Was he like, I would like, well, that's what I think he realized. I think he went back and read it obsessively yeah. and realized I may need to add more. <laughs> but Hendrix, and he also gives us his last name is his name. So he has a thing. You're 21 years old. What are you doing emailing some 48-year-old woman to hang out with you? I mean, come on. It just makes no logical sense. I mean, I've come to think that maybe I need to be giving dating advice. Uh, And the first thing I would say is stop emailing and try to have a conversation with a real human. Uh, Step one, right? Yeah, I think Um, that's perfect. ITC department, maybe he thought that was going to be the hook, right? You know what I mean? Like, it'd be like if I said I worked at Nordstrom and I could get you a discount. That's a good hook. If you say that, then maybe we'll have coffee. You know what I mean? I like Nordstrom. I like their discount. So when he just says ITC doesn't give us enough, no punctuation, showing the truth, 21-year-old. They don't do periods. They don't do any of that. Uh, But um, sorry, Jimmy. Sorry. When he says, I'd like to know you, all he has to do in order for that to happen is listen to this podcast. We're learning so much about you, Lisa, every week throughout your monologue. And as well as anytime you're on, you're a guest on another podcast like you were last week and you speak about it in this episode, in, in, uh, in this show. If people want to know you, just listen to the show, man. That's all you need Halfway to do. through my rant yesterday, I was like, you want to know me? then you need to be listening to my podcast. Like I went through the yep. whole thing. The details were there. We got two more. Let's go. All right, second last one is from Jeremy. And Jeremy says, when or what event started your love for sports? Thanks, go Seahawks, Jeremy. Jeremy, first of all, I know you are hoping that Russell Wilson stays put. I'm hoping that for you. Uh, they, they kept Chris Carson, which I thought was going to happen. It did. It gets a $14.7 million deal. For me, I grew up in a sports family, in a sports area. You know, when you live in the Northeast, all of your activities are sports-related activities, whether we were going up to Nazareth to watch the Speedway, whether we were going to basketball games at Lafayette College, Lafayette Lehigh football games. All of that just kind of surrounded me, and I fell in love with it. It's the greatest pastime. It gives you excitement for each season, weather-wise, because you know what's coming next in the sports world. So I was pretty lucky to be able to parlay this into something that I actually do for a living. And Jeremy, I hope you listen to me on Fantasy Sports Radio. I'm on Monday nights, Lisa and does Fantasy, 10 to midnight. And starting next week, I'm on Sunday nights as well. So I'll make sure I keep that schedule coming out to you on my timelines at The Real Lisa Ann. But thanks, Jeremy. And go Seahawks. <laughs> By the way, I just went back to what Jimmy was saying about the uh, ITC department. Did a quick Google search. Okay. Nothing really comes up apart from the fact that it could mean as simple as uh, information technology and communications. But then he doesn't give his company or anything like that. He just says ITC department. Yeah. But then ITC could also mean 
Indian Tobacco Company, oh, International Trade Commission, <laughs> oh, International Typeface yeah, Corporation. Yo, no this idea. Boy, this boy with these emojis, if he's working for the International Trade Association, I mean, I read the other day that smugglers <laughs> are making about $14 million a day right now getting shit into oh. the U.S. through our border problem. $14 million a day. I'm like, we're in the wrong <laughs> business. I mean, that is, I've read the article three times then searched for more to make sure that they didn't have a typo. No, that's real. So if he's in that department, he's killing it. Absolutely. So last question is from Keith. And Keith has four questions. So you just want me to read one and then you answer one and then we go back and forth? You can go through all of them and then I'll recap them all. How's that? Even better. First question from Keith. Are you still living the minimalist lifestyle? Two, what was something you had trouble getting rid of? Three, what types of things do you collect? Four, what sports memorabilia do, do you collect? Thanks for taking the time to read and answer questions from Keith. Keith. Thank you for sending such a thoughtful question. This is a great one because we all know how I feel about minimalism. It is one thing that really defined a a new layer to my life. It has made me happier, live more simplistically. We've had the minimalists on this very podcast. I visited their podcast, their documentary, the new one, came out on Netflix New Year's Eve. Um, So yes, still living the minimalist lifestyle all the way down to When I did my little spring thing, getting my winter clothes out of here to push winter out, half of the winter clothes went to be donated and half the winter clothes went to be stored. I'm even realizing you can get rid of more things because you start to just live simpler, wear kind of the same style things, and then just not have as much variety. What was something I had trouble getting rid of? I had the most trouble getting rid of things that people gave me. And on the road, people gave me a ton of stuff, whether it was key rings or nails from the railroad or like, would you talk about random? I had these two huge trunks in my basement that were just random. A kid came in after his graduation, gave me his graduation cap, like just random stuff. That stuff was really difficult for me to get rid of. Um, Some of it I kept, some of it that I could confine into something smaller. Um, If it was worth some of my, if it was something that was worth something to give to somebody, I would. But that stuff was tough. When it came to things my friends gave me, I couldn't get rid of any of it. So certain little trinkets, I had brought some out when Jay Moore was on air with us to the podcast. I have a little piece of art in my bedroom that a girlfriend of mine from Philly gave me like 15 years ago. Like it was really like little things that people gave me that I kept. Um, what Just, sports b- memorabilia? B- before you move on, what do you mean nails uh, from a, from a, a, a track? What, what did you call them? Nails from the railroad tracks. Nails from so the railroad tracks. That's a big thing that like train conductors or any, anybody who works on the railroad will bring you a cool, and they are cool, uh, it's like a huge nail, right? But it's like you put it on your bookshelf. It's cool. Have you Could got be a more weapon. than one of these? Multiple, multiple. And then Nails. ironically, then when I went to Alaska and I took the American, the Alaskan Railroad, the conductor gave me one, which I kept that one. I'm sorry, I earned that one. I was actually <laughs> on that train for 12 hours. Um, I earned <laughs> that one, and it, it, he sprays them gold and he gives them his little souvenirs because once they bend, they replace them. Uh-huh. So when they're replacing them, they like to recycle them by giving them as trinkets to people. So people will spray paint them different colors. And it's a big thing in the U.S. to get uh, nails to the train track. Really? So it's just me being they're like, Australian. They're like this thing like six inches long. And they're like huge. I had no idea that was a thing. Oh, I'm going to bring out the one from the Oscar Railroad and show it to you. Looking but that was it. a thing. What types, what types of things do I collect? So this ties into number four. Uh, what types of things do I collect and what sports memorabilia do I collect? The only type of thing I used to collect was sports memorabilia. It also ties into number two. What was something I had trouble getting rid of? So I left all of my sports memorabilia with a friend in California who could authenticate and sell if I wanted to. But I asked him to sit on it for a year to see if I was ready. So it took me a year of realizing that my life has not changed without these items. That if I did decide to sell these items, the goal was to donate some money to charity and then put some money into an educational fund for myself to take like golf lessons, maybe some piano, just like random stuff that I want to do, be like fun money. Um, So after a year, it was not a problem at all to say, let's let's sell all of these items and let's just move on. It's easier living without them. I don't have to have them insured. I don't have to worry about somebody trying to steal them. You know, all of those little things. So I only collected sports memorabilia. 
There was also a time when I had a lot more closets where I collected clothes and shoes and purses and accessories, but I'm way past that. So that's not even a thing. That was part of the process of minimizing my life by 75%. So there was a big decision, like ridiculous to keep all these clothes. This is part of the 75%. Minimalism has really helped me uh, save money. It's helped me make better decisions with the money that I do spend. And it's helped me have more money for experiences with friends and things that I really want to do as opposed to just buying things to have more things. So I'm really happy I adopted this way of life. And I know you learned a lot from the minimalist, Chris. Yeah, it helped when we were moving house because rather than packing absolutely everything that we had, we did that challenge where you get rid of one thing on the first day, two things on the second day and so on until the end of the month. And it really helped us consolidate all the stuff that we had and it meant that we could fit everything in a U-Haul. That's Because amazing. we had a lot more stuff, but we just we knew that it would be better for us if we just yeah. didn't use it. But it does help that I think most people do that when you're moving anyway. Yes, but yes. Moving really that, does help. Yeah, but having that goal, that 30-day challenge it's definitely fun. helped. Really good. It's really fun stuff. So I appreciate all of you sending in your questions, especially my pack of weirdos that don't listen. It's a shout out to you that you will not hear, but I'm shouting you out for the rest of you. Don't worry. You sent a good question. I do save them in a good questions folder so that I can sprinkle them in as the palate cleansing that we need in this whole mailbag situation. Again, our guest, you can check out his book, The History of Stand-Up. That's right. That was Wayne Fetterman. He was absolutely fantastic. You've seen him in so many movies and now you've heard him on the Lisa Ann Experience. Thank you so much, Chris, for coming off the bench for the mailbag. That's what I do. You do it very well. You'll catch me next week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review my podcast. And have a great rest of your day. Serious XM Podcasts.